You're listening to the Fix My Feet podcast. Solutions for every step in your journey with the nation's leading foot and ankle specialists. Welcome everybody back to the uh, Fix My Feet podcast. I'm Dr. Waters. I'm here with my uh, PA, Ashley Anderson. Here today, how you doing, Ashley? Doing all right. Good. Today we're going to talk about a very common question that I get in, a, in the clinic, and that is, uh, do I have a hammer toe is the name of this episode today. So I thought we would discuss, uh, you know, maybe what hammer toes are as well as some viable options if you do have a hammer toe and what are some of our concerns with hammer toes from a medical standpoint, not just a cosmetic standpoint uh, for people. So, uh, uh, Ashley, I guess first question, the obvious first question is like, you know, for patients, what exactly is a hammer toe, uh, you know, if they're trying to decide whether they have one or not? So usually when you're looking at your foot and your toe is nice and straight and it's not bent downwards or anything like that, you probably don't have a hammer toe. If it's called more of a flexion deformity or some type of tendon deformity where your tendon is tighter, whether it's on the top of your toe or the bottom of your toe. And so usually it looks like where your toe is bent up at the knuckle and you're putting more pressure on the tip of your toe. I guess it's kind of hard to describe. I've never tried to describe it. Um, so yeah, where you have more of like your knuckle is starting to stick out on the top of your foot and you're putting more pressure on the tip of the toe. Yeah. So those of you looking at at, at YouTube, you know, the, the instead of the toe kind of being like this, you start to get a, a little flexure contracture like actually is talking about where that knuckle becomes very prominent. Um, and they're just like in your finger, there's uh, two joints in the toe. And so you can get that contracture at both or at one of them. Um, or uh, uh, sometimes you'll get them at the three joints, which is the, the back where the, the toe would, or connects to the foot. Um, and so depending on the severity of the hammer toe, but they are where that knuckle, I think that's what Ashley said is the most thing that people see is that knuckle of the toe becomes uh, more prominent. What are some of the difficulties that, you know, we usually see patients for? What things are they complaining about? Uh, that might help patients also identify if they have a hammer toe or not. What What are some of their typical complaints when they start talking to us about hammer toes? Yeah, usually it's that knuckle is starting to rub on the top of their shoe. So they're starting to get either pain or breakdown or a lot of times what will happen is that hammer toe isn't completely straight and so it's rubbing on a toe right next to it and there's forming like a callus or a corn in between the toes and then sometimes you also will get a callus or some sort of wound on the tip of the toe that's causing problems. So a lot of times it's breakdown or pain or redness. Yeah, those are definitely the main things why patients usually come and seek our care uh, is that now of those things, when we talk about, you know, things that are important to us, there there's the cosmesis, which it doesn't look right. It's not straight. But for us, the the bigger the biggest of those issues is breakdown for sure. And, and why, Ashley, is that the most concerning thing to us from a medical standpoint? Because breakdown of the toe 
even if it's a very small spot, if it's there for a long time, it can get down to the bone and then you can get a bone infection and then end up with an amputation. So a lot of times if you have any breakdown to the skin or any part of like that, like even that fatty layer of the toe, it's more concerning because we're worried that it's going to get infection to the bone. Exactly. And so that's always my primary concern that I try to talk to patients about when we, when we're dealing with hammer toes is number one, is the hammer toe causing like a pressure area? Cause that's the pre breakdown phase. So if you're getting redness, like I usually don't concern myself with hammer toes too much unless you're in my office and I'm seeing redness over that knuckle. That's, that's, that's prominent and proud. Like we talked about that's pre pressure, pre what we call a pre ulcerative lesion in a medical terminology. And so that's the precursor to, to beginnings of breakdown over that area. If it doesn't go to breakdown, then it usually goes on to callus formation. And so uh, that's what we'll always also commonly see on over that knuckle is either this really red inflamed area or this thick calloused area from the constant pressure and, and rubbing of that toe on the top of the shoe. Or like Ashley said, more commonly where we see breakdown is at the tip of the toe uh, where you're, the toe is now contracted. And so when you're weight bearing or walking, uh, you are now putting pressure on the tip of the toe versus the bottom, like, like the bottom fatty part of the toe. Now you're putting pressure out here on the tip and that skin on the tip of the toe is just, it's different than skin on the bottom of the foot. So it's not made for the constant pressure and, and, and that comes from daily weight bearing. So that's where we commonly see, again, we'll start to see callus. And then if callus gets deep enough or enough pressure, we would commonly, we can start to see breakdown of the skin, uh, which could lead to infection, uh, as Ashley had talked about. Uh, if you're a patient who has a hammer toe, what patients are more in the high risk category of uh, potential complications uh, with these hammer toe deformities, Ashley? Anyone who's higher risk is either going to have or both. They have either a decrease like blood flow to their feet. So whether you have peripheral vascular disease or you've had a lot of heart problems and your arteries aren't as good, so your blood flow to your toes isn't good. Anytime you have any sort of wound or something like that, it's just not going to heal as well because you don't have as good enough oxygen to that area of your foot. And then the other side is people who can't feel their feet, who have peripheral neuropathy and numbness in their feet. So a lot of people can have both. Sometimes it's just one versus the other. So those are like two of the big ones. Also anyone who's like immunocompromised. So anyone who's had chemo or... um have a disorder where they're on one of like a biologic or a type of medicine that's decreasing their immune system because um, they're just not going to heal very well on their own. Yeah, those are definitely the three big categories that we worry about with these kind of lesions uh, would be vascular disease, neuropathy, and uh, immunocompromise. So unfortunately, our diabetics get cursed with all three of those lovely things commonly. And so we see it very commonly in our diabetic uh, patient population. So if you're a diabetic uh, and you have hammer toes, that's something you definitely want to bring up with a primary care physician uh, at your annual foot check, or you can certainly come and see a foot and ankle specialist. 
and have that discussion as well um, uh, about uh, toe deformities and uh, pre-ulcerative lesions are very important. Um, as we start to wrap some of this up, uh, Ashley, I th- and patients will, of course, be curious uh, what can be done? Um, you know, what are, what are some things they can maybe do at home? So if you're at home listening to this and, oh, I might have a hammer toe, what are, what's some advice you can give to them early, like things they should be watching for changes in their feet. Maybe they should be watching for that might say, oh, now it's time to go and see somebody. I'd say it's really important for foot checks. I see patients all the time who have like a callus. If it's always there, it's always the same. You know, you can keep it down by watching it or keeping lotion on it. That's great. Once the callus starts to look like it has like any blood underneath it or any discoloration, that's usually a change that it's deeper. Um, even if it's like a pressure spot where it's a toe that never had any problems, but you noticed it's flexing or bending more down, you have more pressure. And now there's a spot of redness or a spot that's starting to drain. Anything like that means it's getting worse. So that's a big thing is when you're doing your foot checks at home is checking for that redness or any sort of indication that it might be more pressure. Um, Or all of a sudden you're getting a bunch of like wounds on the tops of your toes because your shoes are too tight. Usually that's what it is. So maybe you just need to change your shoes, give your toes some more space. So that's mostly the daily foot checks are really important for that reason. Yeah, couldn't couldn't be said better. If you're diabetic and you don't feel your feet, or you have neuropathy from for some other reason, and you're you're now entered that high risk category, daily foot checks cannot be overstated because you're not going to feel these things crop up. You're not going to have pain like I would or somebody who has a sensate feet. You're not going to feel the pain. Uh, that comes with increased swelling, drainage, or pressure from an area. And so checking your feet, looking for those things. If you, a couple of, of tips, because some patients can't reach down and see the bottom of their feet. I, I run to that all the time. Uh, I'll tell patients, you know, get a mirror, uh, one of those hand mirrors that you can put on the ground and put your foot over the top of that hand mirror and look in the mirror. That's what, a way you can do a self uh, bottom of the foot check just to see if there's any anything new. Changes in shape of the feet is also very critical. So if you, since we're talking about hammer toes, if you're noticing the toes getting more curly or, uh, or pressure areas like Ashley talked about, those would be critical things that you'd want to self-assess as well. If those things are happening, then I think that's an appropriate time to come in, have a consultation and talk about uh, our very last topic of today. And that's what are some of the things that can be done. Uh, Before we talk about any kind of surgical things real quick, Ashley, what are some common non-surgical conservatives? I know you talked about wider shoes already, which is hugely important. I agree. What are some other things, conservative, non-surgical, that patients should be thinking about or maybe they'll try? There's tons on the market that's advertised out there if they get on Amazon or something. But uh, from from a doctor and PA's perspective, some things that 
tend to really work on the conservative uh, spectrum. Yeah, there's a couple like toe pads or toe sleeves that work really well. One of them is like, it looks like a toe sweater. That's what I think of it as. It's a silo pad, but it goes over the toe. It's just like um, circles the toe all the way around. And that's really good for people who have rubbing like at a knuckle where it's rubbing on the top of their foot, um, by their shoe. Um, so those like toe sleeves are really good for that. That's not going to help anything on the tip of the toe. So if you have like problems or pressure on the tips of the toes because of how much it curls, there's a pad where it sits underneath your toes. It's called a crest pad. Um, and it will rest. It kind of has an elastic or some sort of connector to one of the toes and it rests underneath to help elevate that toe and help take pressure off. I give those to people all of the time and it helps decrease pain and the pressure on the toe. And it's a great way to try to help to avoid some sort of procedure if you don't mind wearing it every day. That's the thing with these though, is anytime you're up and moving around, as long as you're not wearing shoes that are too tight, you should be wearing these toe sleeves, toe protectors, some sort of toe pad, um, just because the pressure and friction is what makes this worse. So you need to help protect against that. Yeah. And I know we talked about wider shoes, but also the depth of the shoe is equally as important as the width of the shoe. So um, if your toes are still rubbing on the top of a shoe, then it's not deep enough. So you need to make sure when you go to the shoe store in mind uh, that you, that you're looking for those things, uh, that your toes are not pinched together from width, but they're also not rubbing on the top of the shoe uh, as far as the depth of the shoe. And you might have to try on a few different brands to, uh, to be able to find that. And then on top of that, some of the padding that Ashley talked about is critical uh, in these patients. So, you know, like Ashley said, that I, I think there's a lot of upside to padding, but the downside is you do have to wear it. You have to be committed to the process. Uh, in in lieu of, of being committed to that process, uh, there's a few surgical things that we can do. Um, in, and if the toe is flexible, that usually leads us to something like what we call a flexor tenotomy, which is, you know, the toe is contracted because of tendon contracture. That's that's what happens. That's the root cause. Uh, and there's some biomechanical causes that are, that are more at play, but the root cause is the contracture of this tendon. So, uh, Ashley, what do we do with a flexor tenotomy and a flexible deformity? So it's an in-office procedure for us. A lot of times it can be done in the OR with another procedure as well, or whatever the case may be. But in our office, we'll go ahead, clean up the toe, numb the toe, and then you just find that tendon on the back of the toe where it seems like it's really pulling the toe down. And then we just take a little blade and we cut that, completely cut it, and then put a little few stitches in there and then there you're good to go pretty much. And then we take the stitches out after a few weeks. So it's a pretty yeah. simple procedure. And very effective, super effective, yes. like for lesions on the tip of the toe, especially like, like Ashley and I have talked about really simple, simple recovery, no prolonged recovery there. Um, and, and, 
very, very effective procedure. So if you've got a flexible deformity, count yourself lucky because that's something easy and then and that you can recover from and, and get rid of the pressure on the tip of that toe from the hammer toe. Now, if it's more rigid, and when I guess if I say when I say rigid, just so everybody listening knows, these are these are toes, uh, if you're looking on YouTube, that are like this that cannot be straightened anymore. So we can't get them out of that contracted position anymore. Like, see, I can get it. That's a flexible. If it's like this and I can push on it, that's a flexible. But if it's like this and I cannot, now we have a rigid deformity. So when we have a rigid deformity. That's going to require uh, some bone, some work on the bones in the toe, uh, and typically a pen or some kind of implant device to hold the toe now in a straight position, um, and often some balancing of the tendons and ligaments and capsules and things like that. So it's a it's much more uh, involved process. It happens inside of the operating room, and you know recovery actually for something like that for patients will be curious what is recovery like for something like that? Usually we'll have patients in our office wear a post-op shoe or a walking boot, depending on what exactly was done. And so something that's hard and stiff to protect the toe and then have an open toe because of those pins that usually are sticking out of the toes. In our office, we generally keep the pins for six weeks so that all of those ligaments and capsules that Dr. Waters is talking about that we've moved or kind of... um cut or rearranged, those can scar down where they're at. So then very commonly you're wearing that shoe or whatever it is, that post-op shoe for six weeks until that pin comes out. And then we get some x-rays. As long as everything looks good, then usually we're getting you back into your shoes at that point. Yeah. So it's definitely a, a more lengthy recovery, but in a rigid deformity scenario where there is calluses and pre-ulcerative lesions, it's, it's something that's uh, worthwhile to, at that point to think about. So uh, in conclusion, I think uh, just a few uh, leaving points. The topic or the name of the episode is, do I have a hammer toe? Uh, your quick one or two things uh, for patients to identify whether they have a hammer toe or not, Ash and then I'll leave a couple as well. I'd say the main thing is, does your toe bend up and you have pressure on the very tip of the top of your toe? Um, and do, or does your toe like curl? So you're like standing on top of your toe, then you probably have a hammer toe. Yeah. And then the other thing that I will say that I think is important is if you are in one of the high-risk categories that we've talked about today, vascular disease, neuropathy, or an immunocompromised via diabetes uh, could be uh, chemotherapy. We see that quite commonly in patients who've undergone chemotherapy um, or uh, it, other things, uh, autoimmune disorders where you have to take some medications that might cause some immunocompromised. Uh, if you're in those categories and you think you have a hammer toe, then that's something that you'd be in a high-risk category and want to have that looked at. Those are the people we really worry about, like uh, we had talked about today from a medical standpoint and not so much a cosmesis standpoint. I understand that they don't look great, but from a medical standpoint, um, we worry about those uh, going on to break down and then possible amputation from infection. So those are the ones that I think you really need to worry, worry about and look at and make sure you're having those daily foot checks. So um, I think that that's all. Any parting th words, Ashley, here? Oh, I think we got it. 
Good. So if you have a hammer toe, uh, hopefully this gives you some insight. Uh, you can pull up pictures on Google. There's lots. I've, I look oftentimes, so uh, you can look there, but we'd be happy to see in the office or hopefully this gives you some insight about when or when not uh, care would be appropriate for you. Uh, but for uh, myself and Ashley, this is the Fix My Feet podcast. Check us out on our social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and you can watch us on YouTube as well. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Fix My Feet podcast. To schedule an appointment with one of our providers, visit www.prfootandankle.com.